What a day, what a day! Good morning, good almost afternoon. We're doing another KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. Gentlemen, how are you? I'm going to start with this. I said, Who are you going to start like that? Who are you? I'm going to start like this because I, I want folks to know. Yeah, I got the message. James Harden is MVP of the NBA. But who are you, sir? I am the Fifth Ward Wildcat. Made a promise I'd say that on the ad, so I'm saying it. Yeah, you can't even introduce yourself when you say it. No, because the folks that, that, that they've been riding me about that. So the man, they well, listen to y'all, man. It's good your case. It's good for you. I'm Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, sports professor, and I am in the house after coming from Cuba. Uh, I think I'm back to normal now. The world traveler. And I'm, I am KG, and, and I am going to side with you as well, because I've been on the Russell Westbrook bandwagon. I do believe Russ has got less help than, than Brother Harden, but Brother Harden is putting up some outstanding numbers, and the Rockets are winning more games. I think that's what's going to be the determining factor is more wins for the Rockets than wins for OKC. But I will be in the house in a few hours watching the two of them go kind of head-to-head. Yeah, that'll be nice. The Rockets versus the Thunder. game's going to be on uh, national television. I'll watch it. 2.30 tip-off. Looking forward to that. And then a few days later, well, let me get toss this in there Tuesday. Doc's going to have his show, but I think Wildcat, you and I will be at University of Houston in the Athletics yep. Alumni Center yep. for the 6th Annual Gabby Lewis Award, where we're going to announce the winner of the award for this year. we got the top 10 young men. Awesome. We'll be in ten, top 10 high school boys players in the greater Houston area. will be in attendance. HISD? We have some kids from HISD, yes, sir. Ah, thank you. We, we I, sure I saw a few this, 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 in, yes. this season. Yes, and you can go to GabbyLewisAward.org. We've invited everybody thanks to uh, my man Jim Hicks from RCS Sports Cheat Sheet. We used to call him Cheat Sheet. I think he still knows goes by Cheat Sheet as well. Yeah, you know. That he took care of in, in contacting the young man and inviting them. And I didn't think about this because honestly, I, I didn't believe it was necessary to be mentioned. But Brother Hicks did ask me if uh, we should, if he should ask the young uh, man to dress accordingly. And I said, well, yeah. No t-shirt, no shorts. Right. Business attire will be fine. So that's, that's good enough for me. So business casual. So yeah. it'll be fine. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Good old Hicks for, for mentioning that. For thinking about that. But, yes, let me use Exactly. That. We haven't had a problem with that in the previous five years. But you never know. Thank you goodness. Know. So, yeah. Thank goodness. So the top ten are Cedric Alley from Clown Forest. David Azor from Clearbrook. J.J. Chandler from Cinco Ranch. Kenny Davis from Sam Houston. Max Evans from Bel Air. That's two. Yeah. Right that's two I've seen. Savion Flagg from Alvin. Quentin Grimes from College Park. Nigel Hawkins from Side Falls. Jared Vanderbilt from Victory Prep. And Fabian White from Atascacita. And since I'm a little bit biased, Fabian White has signed a commitment to University of Houston. So, but there are other young, young men have too, but I'm not going to talk about them because they didn't pick U of H. So anyway, <laughs> well, let me ask this question. But it is, all that is listed is yeah. all serious on the GuyDeLewisWard.org website. You can check them out. Kudos to all 10 of them. I'm looking forward to seeing you Tuesday evening from beginning at 6.30. Doors should open at 7. It's free parking. The players, family, friends are invited to attend. I'm invited more media this year to attend as well. So hopefully we'll have some of the TV stations there in attendance. Because that Tuesday is also a big day because Rockets host the Warriors here in town. So it's going to be a big basketball day in the city of H-Town yep. on March 28th. Before we head out to Dallas for the Women's Final Four. Hell yeah. Later on this week. Uh-huh. Another big weekend in the state of Texas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And real quick, gentlemen, if I may say here, we got a shout out to Gonzaga University. They reached it. First ever Final Four. 
ever. And as well as Oregon, the longest drought possible in Final Four, minutes, Final Four, 78 years, because Oregon, the, was it the Webfoot Ducks, I think what their yeah. original name was, yes. was there in the first Final Four in 1939. Correct. Now they're going back in 2017, so that's a 78-year uh, difference span. But, gentlemen, my alma mater, University of Houston, has alumni enrollment of between 42 to 50,000. Awesome. And Zaya, 7,000, roughly. So let's say 79. That's less than Rice. Xavier, who was in Elite Eight, correct? Elite Eight? Yeah. Roughly 7,000. Alumni. Students. No, that's the Student enrollment. 7,000. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought you could, yeah. You know, yeah, private university, somewhere. you know, Jesuit school in Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio. Yep. What did I say again? I think we're going somewhere. U of A test. How many? Close to 50,000. Somewhere along there. I know there's more than 40. Okay. And I, I just named two schools who are basketball schools, correct? You you consider Xavier University in Cincinnati, Ohio, a basketball program. Oh, yeah. Had much well, success without a doubt. in recent tournaments. Yeah. And Zaga. Yeah. Without a doubt. Mark Few. Coach David talks about him all the time. 18 seasons, 18 tournaments. Hey. First Final Four. In years. Yeah. You rates. How many? Almost fifty thousand? Haven't haven't won a tournament game I in thirty some years. I had can't remember the last time we've witnessed them playing in a NC two A time. Coach Penders took them NC two A time. Coach Penders took them a few years ago, but they didn't win a game. Haven't won a game in thirty some years. Fifty thousand after enrollment. <laughs> 7,000, 9,000, <coughs> and yeah, we're talking about, and I'm pretty sure neither one of those universities have top-notch basketball facility, basketball arena, a basketball development center. I know Gonzaga did. Exactly. And, yet, and yet, but wait, 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 but why are both of them doing so much better than U of H in basketball? Because we need facilities. We've got to have facilities to get the top-notch kids to choose U of H. Bells and whistles. Would you rather do more with less or less with more? I'd rather do more with less. Thank you. If I can get a kid without the bells and whistles, that told me that my basketball acronym sits out in front. They do it on the football side. Well, programs do it on the football side every day. I do believe neither one of those programs are Power 5 conference, right? Oh, no. They certainly are. Oh, no. no. So how, how are they successful? You know, is it? Let's go there. Let's go there. Let's go there. Let's go there. It starts with not so much your facility. It starts with your environment. Is there a tournament, NC2A tournament environment? Coaching staff, players, campus, administration. If you don't have all of them working in the same direction, ain't happening. Say that again. Say, say that one more time. If you don't have all of the administration, staff, players, campus. It's also the alumni. The alumni, for sure. <coughs> That's like a closer. Mm-hmm. Alumni is like a closer. And you got top 50 alumni, NBA alumni, that... Now the Hall of Famers. Now that uh, that actually three of the fifty greatest go, NBA go players ever come to, come to games, not often, but enough, and can be seen on campus if they're asked. 
and you can't pull that off. So, so, I'm, so, so you I'm, gotta be, you, you gotta be able to steal somebody. You gotta be able to steal somebody. Coach Davis and Coach Sampson say it all the time. You gotta be able to steal somebody. University of Oregon. How many? Twenty-three thousand. I say twenty-five thousand. They're in the Final Four. And they've had more success, but they're a power five school. So that's what that's what some alums would throw in my face. Well, they got power five and they got feel like money. But okay. it ain't it ain't a basketball school. What you say? It ain't a basketball school. Well none of y'all. This year. Now, I'm gonna jump in here <laughs> with my framework. I think we've said this before when we really break this down in terms of what I like to look at in terms of the business of sports. Sport management. Oh, yeah. We teach here at okay. Southern University and several universities uh, teach around the country. Right, we are looking at this. Look at those teams that have had the success. Right, Oregon is making its first Final Four, but let's not kid ourselves. They've been in the mix yes. for at least the last ten years, fifteen years. Some people would argue in regards to making significant runs in the tournament, getting to those Sweet Sixteens, those Elite Eights, so they put themselves in positions to get it done. Um, so yes, part of it. If you look at Oregon, you say, yeah, they're a Power Five. They had a Power Five money. That's one component of it. But you look at Gonzaga, as you said, they don't have football. They are not a part of the Power Five, but they found a way to get it done. So you see, just in that instance, there are several different ways of programs to get it done. You have even Xavier that is not in a Power Five conference. They do come out of the Big East. We understand that Big East put themselves back on the map, recertified that conference in terms of the seriousness they are in regards to what Villanova did last year to win a championship. They had several teams in the mix uh, to look like they could have been similar to the SEC, which now most people say is questioning whether they're football, but definitely not in the basketball business. It looks like they found a way to get back in the basketball business because they'll have at least one team in the Final Four. That is not Kentucky, and if Kentucky gets there, they'll have two. two. Think about that. That's three in the lead eight. So, again, um, we're talking about various programs that have found a way to be in the mix. And I think that is what I always push and says that it is about the organization. And I think that's what is in question about U of H. Is there a commitment from the institution, from top to bottom, to say that we're going to be a forerunner in the sport of basketball uh, for them to get back towards the history the illustrious history I would put in that U of H has had in the past in regards to being a serious threat uh, to to win a national championship and certainly be in the mix for Final Four uh, runs in the tournament. That's the problem I see from the outside looking in, I will admit, in regards to them not seriously being in the basketball business. And let me mention this, because some people will jump down your throat or have major concerns. I've said this to a lot of people before. Just because you're working hard, right? Yep. Does not mean that you really understand the business. Now I'm not going to question whether U of H is working hard. I think there are a lot of frameworks that you can uh, speak to with the inside the institution in terms all the way up to the presidential level that have seriously worked hard at upgrading the athletic department, including basketball. I think there are significant alumni that have pushed, right? Alums that have pushed both in terms of work, in terms of financial commitment, 
working hard. But all those pieces of the puzzle have not been able to significantly come together to create what I deem as the commitment to the level of success that must take place in terms of getting the program to the Final Four. And the last thing I will add, obviously, is the base, the basketball coaching framework that is necessary in terms of not just your coaching pedigree, not just your ability to recruit, but also small things that some people look at in terms of what you do with your schedule. Do you commit to excellence in terms of who you play on your schedule? Letting people know that we are seeking excellence and we're going to play excellence to measure ourselves against that standard that we believe, obviously, they want to get back to. All right. Mm-hmm. So that's the framework mm-hmm. as I would put it together when we look at this into a piece of a puzzle. Um, you may even have all the parts, but if all those parts are not configured and you don't have the visual sight to put those pieces together where you get a panoramic picture, then you're going to get what I say University of Houston is getting now. And that, that is the case of people working hard and probably even diligently but not to the point where the commitment is there to see the level of success that I would even come out and say that they deserve to have because of the great history that I have now come to understand and visually saw over my years growing up in the state of Texas. And I'll leave it at that. Thank you, sir. And while Kevin would get your to chime in, and we, the three of us have talked about this in recent and previous podcasts within the city of Houston where does your base rank in terms of men basketball behind TSU and uh, is that it no they just they, they run neck and neck with rice okay and uh, given where HBU is right now they fight, but we're, we're, we're agree agree that. But we we agree they're behind TSU. Oh yeah, no question. Because oh. TSU is totally from the financial stability, from what they've been able to do, three uh, championships over a four or five year period, four or five regular season championships within their space. We're talking about within their space mm-hmm. in regards to what they've been able to successfully have, what they have committed to this arena. And this, again, is from top to bottom. Sure. The board of directors to the president, obviously the VP of intercollegiate, intercollegiate athletics, what most refer to at the AD level, uh, to the coaching, assistant coaches, the players, uh, compliance, all those different items have put uh, Texas Southern certainly at the top of the SWAC, top of HBC programs, and threatening to try to figure out a way to take their next step to enter into the realm where many people would start to see them as a mid-major program. That's a major climb. That's a major, as I said, commitment. Not just hard work, uh, not just having some things work in your favor, but it's a commitment that everybody uh, over in this uh, side of Scott Street, will, we will say, has made that commitment. So I think that's an excellent question. So if you're just looking at it in terms of success, this is without a doubt that Texas Southern is at the top in terms of mm-hmm. the city of Houston at the collegiate level pressing forward. And I think you can make an excellent argument now that Rice has stabilized themselves. And you can see that with uh, them losing a the coach. 
and now they have to figure out how do they reconfigure and not lose a step back because that can happen easily when you start having changes. But if we think, as what we've analyzed here, that they continue to make the commitment, it's very likely that they're going to be able to find a solid coach. There it is, Scott Perry. They promoted Scott Perry. Which I think is excellent. How we have to see going through the yeah, process. That's what I want to hear. Tell me right. Right. We'll get to that in a second. As far as we know, in the analyzer coming in, you have to say that they continue to move in the right direction to be able to have the level of success based on where they are in conference affiliation, uh, where they are compared to other things that they're certainly, I would suggest, higher than. U of H, and I think you make an excellent observation that Houston Baptist is trying to solidify themselves in terms of where they are in position uh, to catch up to U of H, but they have the ability at this point to quickly pass U of H in terms of consistency, yep. which is a measure of success now. Let's not take that out. HBU has the best big man in town right now out of the four schools because Josh it's starting, to build, uh -huh. it's starting to build a, a resume to get him to the next level. He's And he's starting to shoulder a lot of responsibility now. Next year, as a junior, he will be carrying the load as far as when coach asks for things to move forward, he'll be asked to put the burden on his shoulder. And as an upperclassman and as a, a good post player, in uh, Southland, that's going to happen. And, and, and let me, in a lot of ways, the final thing I'll say is we also talk about on the men's side, but one thing that I think really separates Texas Southern from the other is the fact that right now they're able to do it on both sides. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's not forget the fact that we I had that conversation. basketball operations, not just in terms of men's basketball, which is one entirely different discussion, right. but when we're talking about basketball in terms of what you're able to do both in men's and women's, let's not forget that uh, that they I have... They had a drop-off. Well, not only that, but they seriously have re-engaged, re-enacted, if you will, women's basketball. The last thing we heard from Texas Southern's women's basketball is back in, what, late 80s, early 90s, when the yeah. women's made a championship run at the um, WNIT uh, tournament. Losing in the championship game uh, there in terms of that form uh, was an NIA, but uh, it been, we know yeah. that there. But now you're talking about first ever trip to the NCAA tournament. Uh, they've won three out of four, uh, three out of five regular season championships. They finally knocked down the door and won the tournament. So they're boasting men's and women's yeah. championship trophies yeah. and titles. That says a lot in terms of what you're able to do in terms of the level of commitment. And let me, let me capsulize it like this in terms of to, to my fellow U of H alums. Because folks will say, well, that's the SWAC. Well, that's the Southland. But they get into the tournament. U of H, has, what have U of H done in the Commonwealth USA? Did they win that? No. Nope. Nope. What have they done in the American? Have they won that? No. So if you're going to throw rocks at other schools, local schools, those schools have won their conference. Right. They've done what they've they done they done spot, yes. supposed to do. Yeah. So the question you should ask yourself is not only are they winning the conference, the question is is if they had the financial wherewithal under the leadership and the commitment they had that U of H had, could they be competitive in U in the conference if they were over with those same finances? They've done more with less. Exactly. So uh -huh. that's when it becomes and to, to be even more frustrating 
uh, when you think about it like that. So I think you make an excellent point. Let's not let's not here in terms of the swag. Yeah. To give credit where credit is due, you talk about Grambling was fought tooth and nail. Yes, cold regular season championship. They went in the tournament and they won a uh, tournament game against in their first round beating Mississippi, what many people refer to as Old Miss before they lost to Tulane uh, in the tournament. So on, on the women's side, on the women's side, giving you some framework in terms of where the SWAC obviously is pushing to get better and. Outside of having the top team in your conference, UConn, where are you in terms of measuring to see if you can even take the next step on the women's side? Which yes. is a significant question mm-hmm. when you look at both what they're doing on the men's side and the women's side, which is something I know that you uh, take a serious look at. And, and that's another example of doing more with less. And today is a perfect example. At 4 o'clock today, Rice will be, Rice women, women basketball will be making a historic move in the first time of the program ever. They will be playing for a postseason outside of conference for a, 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 a championship. Yep. They've never been in this situation before. And the two cohorts I talked to in Oklahoma City at the uh, regional in the first and second round game um, at, at Waco it's historic because you nobody's ever looked at Rice outside of when when Coach McKinney was in in charge of the program of coaching uh, was in charge of the program it was the first time everybody just noticed that oh Rice actually has a women's basketball program because when they were Southwest Conference you know they would compete but they wasn't about winning that conference because of the environment that they were in they figured some things out hired the right coaches on the men's side it took them a while but two years in Tina Langley has the lady Owls at a, at a position there to uh, be able to replace some 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 situation uh, some uh, some players as they graduate out it'll be a nice flow of uh, movement going in next year and I'm very happy for uh, Maya Hawkins uh, she's a senior Today's the last day in, in uniform for her, and she's gone out a winner. One way or the other, she's gone out as a winner because she it's stayed certainly, through certainly. and fought through a lot of th- a lot of situations. Uh, KJ and I talk about this this other young lady. Uh, she just left too soon. wasn't uh, She was too early and, and moved into the program. That's just just uh, the custom. custom. But I'm happy with what I saw. When she helped build. Oh yeah. Well, Maya Hawkins and Jasmine Goodman. They're all the Jasmine is the one that, that that took a seat back this year to kind of like I don't have to carry the burden. I just have to blend in, make it work, and get on the floor and just do what I do. And in postseason play, she's she and Maya have stood out. They weren't afraid to just carry the burden at the end of the game. And Maya, the last two games, she's basically been the person with her hands on the ball. As a point guard, you can trust her. You can put her out there and say, okay, let's finish this game. we got four minutes left. Finish it. She gets it done. I'm happy for the, for the, for the Lady Owls, uh, Coach Tina Langley. Uh, got a new AD. He's got to be worried with a lot of things right now because financially he's got to find some money. 
across the board that he didn't wasn't expecting to as it started the season. Now he is he replaced the coach, but now you got to figure out how to hold on to both of the the the, the, the one you just hired. You got to find out how to hold on to him, and then Coach Langley. You definitely got to find out how to hold on to a winning coach because KJ and I both know those are the hardest ones to replace in the Division One level because you can't good ones, good ones. Yeah, that's right. Say that one more time. Good ones. Yeah, good ones. It's because it's easy to replace bad ones with just other bad ones. That flow, <laughs> that flow. We've watched enough in twenty years to like. It's a nightmare sometimes, but it's starting to get better. And then, KG, are you ready to move on to what's expected in, in, uh, in Dallas or you want to play this one? Because I want to tie in on a positive, something positive about you rich basketball. Oh, oh. Uh, they got to get going now. Happened Saturday. The pressure's on, on that ball. On the, on the women's side, they're uh, signing the one, one. signing from um, this past season. The Julia, and you go to my HoustonRoundBarView.com women's who's black uh, blog and see, let's go back, I think, in November or so. I did two blog posts, at least two blog posts about Julia Blackshell, Blackshell Fair when she first committed to U of H and then when she signed the National Letter of Intent. Well, Saturday, she led her team, Vanden High School, to a come-from-behind victory over... I think it's safe to say nationally known. Matter Day? Matter Day, Matter Day High School in the California State Championship. 5'10 senior. She's got a little bit of everything. And I say that because of this stat line 20 points, 21 rebounds, and 8 assists for Julia Blackshell Fair. She led her team from a 17 point fourth quarter deficit to win by three the state championship. Impressive. And the coach from modern day was quoted in the LA Times saying, we really her. couldn't stop her at any point. Well, so can she get that done in America? We're gonna find out. Cause I'm gonna tell you. Because when she steps foot on University of Houston campus, I'm gonna try to interview her as quickly as possible. And one of the first questions I'm gonna ask her, why did you come to U of H? Seriously, oh, why you choose? Cause she is a top 100 ESPN ranked, nationally ranked player, and I would like to know why you chose your yeah. She does interviews. With, I think it's part of one of the blog posts is that she and her mom enjoy the campus and the environment and the academics. That sounds nice. That's a nice little thing. But when I talk to you, if I have to just say, okay, now seriously, now why did you pick U of H? Was it because they played UConn in the conference? Is UConn, you know, what what reasons? Is it because you just want to get away from home? Why the University of Houston? And hopefully she'll give me some sincere answers. I want some real competition. You know, if she says that, I'll be happy. That's what she says. That's what I want to hear from her. So I'm looking forward to her getting here to Houston. Kudos to Coach Huey and, and his staff for for signing her, and hopefully. The staff will help maximize her talent and abilities and help her improve for all four years that she's here on campus. And, and hopefully they can get to the team and help lead them to the tournament. Some kind of tournament. Some kind of tournament. Some my butt. No, the NCAA tournament. 
you know, it's nice what Rice is doing, the WBI, as that's nice, is what, you know, it's nice about the CIT and all those kind of things, but no offense to them, as U of H alum, I don't want to care, I don't care about the WNIT, the WBI, the CIT, the ABCZ, XYZ, no, 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 no. You want the full letters. We talk about the full letters. Vegas 16, not none of that. We, we talk about expectations of program, NCAA, that's what I'm talking about, the for the and these programs. Alright, so that's what I'm talking about because honestly, I do believe Coach Langley will get them at Rice to the NCAA within two years. That's what I, I do believe that because they do have the youngest of Uma Kay Sisters. Yo, they will be playing next year nah, I'm gonna say so. at Rice. So, sisters, sisters, American I'm gonna tell you something. They're not twins. Oh. On, this, on this postseason run, that's been a look in their eye that I hadn't seen since I've seen the two older sisters. They are chomping at the bit to get on the float. Because they're looking at this like, okay, we missing out. As I look, like, and and trust me, Doc, when <laughs> when girls, athletes, female athletes, when they get that kind of look, like I'm missing out. You see, I, I, I'm missing out, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. This it's a look that I'm gonna be happy to see in practice because I had gone for a reason. Because I'm like. Let me stay away and just come to the game and just watch. They're not scared now, Doc. They're not scared. And that's, <laughs> and that's a key right there. And let's, let's just keep going. We're going to keep talking on the women's hoop side here uh, right now. Because we need women's basketball in this city to do better than what it's been doing. Oh, you know, no, no, no question. Because you and I basically talked when that, when that, when, when it was just talking about just going to the Big East. When it was the, the other Big East with Providence and all, you know. And, and, the and Big East. In Cincinnati. That mentality was wrong. Oh. We had coaches, parents say, so is it true that you're basically going to be in yeah. the Big East with Notre Dame and, and, you know, before the, the breakup? And we're like, yeah. yeah. Oh, my, my child can't com compete against them. There were some folks that were talking about oh, that too physical. I don't know. I got but moving elsewhere. Physical. My, my girl can't go against that competition. You high, school coaches, yeah. uh, high school coaches were... were were not all too happy with that move, and a lot of summer league coaches were not happy with that because they don't coach that style of ball here. So that's, that's the mentality that that we heard. And I'm like, okay, what are you doing in some, coaching? In? If you coach in the summer league, what are you doing, coach? That means don't, none of those schools were on your radar as far as you trying to get a child at. At some point. You should be coaching to get better and reach those and, and looking down the road like, you know, it's fine all and Danny right here in closing time because you, it, you're near mom and dad. But at some point, you got to jump out because Gino has told you and I and mentioned it in in, in conversations with, with media from, from the area, especially at media day, getting a kid from Texas is hard. They just didn't want to go. Didn't want to come. He couldn't answer the question, you know, he, he couldn't answer, you know, what it was, whether it was parents or whatever, but he just couldn't get a real involvement. And we talked to coaches and all, high school coaches, got the same impression. So he just kind of like, let, let it go, you know, when it happens, it happens. But this year, for whatever reason, my faith I'm going to move here now. Go ahead, go ahead, because you were, you were there. Go ahead. I, I'm, my faith is in Baylor. Because what they did to Louisville, 
I don't want another TSU person or another Purdue person to ask me any questions. When you get in the in the in front of the train, if I call you, Con, your butt will get run over. The game that Baylor had against Louisville was they got in front of the diesel truck, semi, whatever, and got run over. Literally. There was no doubt in their mind that they were going after them. And they just never backed up. And I was like, okay, this is different. And they went from the, and they went all the way to the end of the bench early in the game. I'm talking about first half. And got folks in and just never dropped off. Louisville tried and KJ and I know Coach Walls, when he got the technical, I was like, okay, something's up with this. And that that didn't get it going. I knew then, like, well, this game is just going to be unwatchable the rest of the way. Because Baylor just, it, that wave and all just kept going. And they kept going, and they got and they got went shorter. They went down to six two, six one in the post. And for Baylor and Kim likes to get her post out there on the floor, you know, getting involved. Well, they went shorter, and it just and just worked it. They didn't care. They didn't care. Now, the game tonight against Mississippi State is going to be interesting. KG, that's a coaching thing. With. Vic Schaefer? Yeah, Vic and uh, and Gary, what we talk about. This they they have issues with that offensive line. So now Vic just is just pushes well, pushes his uh, his defense out front and they run everything. Three quarter, full, half. Um that's one on one versus Mississippi State. Because I'm telling you, that's gonna be a defensive effort, but they the biggest thing they're gonna try have to overcome is guard's too small. They may be strong. But their guards are too small because Baylor has length at the guard spot. Even at the, youth, at the folks that are on the bench depth, they can stretch you out all the way to the timeline and keep you occupied and not let you see over the top. And when they post you up, it's just different. Yeah, because Mississippi State's Morgan Williams, they list her at 5'5". Five five. If she's 5'5", five five, I'm 8 feet tall. <laughs> now, she it, might be five one five two. I'll be I'll be watching to see early on how they. The first quarter is gonna be gonna tell a, a lot about that game because it ain't gonna get better. <laughs> it just ain't gonna get better. Because <laughs> when I saw the other night, it didn't get better. <laughs> it just didn't get better. And and it was almost like okay, uh, I screwed up. You know, we, we, we screwed up in it's a couple of years back. Was that 12, 2012, when they lost uh, thirteen when. When uh, Baylor lost to Louisville and didn't make it to the that's about right. Well, Brittany's last year. That didn't. That wasn't. That wasn't the objective the other night. The other night. The other night. The objective was we gonna get this done early and quick. And they came real close to getting behind. Real close. And I mean, and, and they not. They when they when they firing on all cylinders. They they working it. They grind. They grind it. We'll see. Tierra McCowan. Six seven big girl, but dominated another big girl. I'm gonna have to see you. Know, I've been watching that train. I know. <laughs> not, y'all talking <laughs> train. I am too. UConn will have problems with Oregon Monday evening. Oregon's got the top freshmen, yeah. a lot of freshmen, but the one national thing, freshman year, but I voted for. Hope y'all voted too for USBWA. The, the one thing I'm happy with, I got a chance to see Kelsey Plum up close. When she's firing, she's firing. Didn't have enough help though. Did yeah. 
couldn't get no help. And I and, and that was because folks just like, okay, it took you a lot of It's gonna be one and done, yeah, and we're gonna care about the, and the rest of y'all. Are just gonna have to struggle. Yeah, Mississippi State just took everybody else away and, and said, okay, Kelsey, you get yours. Yeah, the rest, rest of them going to go and that's what happened. And that's what, when they got going, that was it. Now, mind you, Tia, uh, she she got going late. You know, when she got to, she had to get into a flow. It, it's got to be a feeling with her. Baylor, there ain't no feeling. When they get, when they post you up, they just get getting after. So she gonna have to come ready to play in the first five minutes of that game. Because if not, it's gonna be a struggle. But that's gonna be the key for them. If they, if, if Baylor's guard, if Baylor can stretch them out and, and keep that guard from looking over the top and getting the ball inside, they can't feed that post. They better have an answer for that. Well, currently. Let's see. Um, Notre Dame, Stanford are playing in the Lexington Regional Final. Notre Dame is, is leading. The winner of that game advanced to the Final Four to play the winner of South Carolina, Florida State. UConn, Oregon played Monday. The winner of UConn, Oregon plays the winner of Baylor, Mississippi State. But I have to be disappointed to have UConn, Baylor in the semifinal. I know. I know. But I said it months ago. I'm going to stick with it. Because they're playing in Dallas, not far from Waco. Yeah, Baylor, Baylor can beat UConn for for a couple of reasons: <laughs> talent and depth. And well, they got a head coach who believes that she can beat UConn and beat Geno and has it in her core and believe it in her soul down to her feet. There you go. That you go. she can beat Gina Oyema. I agree with that. She wakes up in the so, morning with that. So that mentality is in her players and her staff, and that's the start of it right there. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's too many coaches in women's basketball, that mentality does not go to their players yeah. of believing they can be UConn. And that's not UConn's fault. UConn's 109 and 10 in a row. Great, awesome, fantastic achievement. But. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. It's as big as a gap from 2 to 25 or 2 to 40. Oh, I and, and that has to change. Article in the New York Times. Hope y'all had a chance to read it. I sent it to y'all. I'll email it to you. It was, had a, a recipe of UConn success in their, their, their weight training and their, their practice regimen. And Wildcat has touched on this. I've touched on it. I touched on it. On, um, I had a chance to do a national radio show last Sunday. From my chest, New York, call in on that. My first time doing on an iHeartRadio uh, TV <laughs> show, radio show, excuse me. And they and they talked to me about being on on a monthly basis. So hopefully that'll work out as well. Wow. But here's a quote from UConn's strength and conditioning coach: "The reason we're fit is that we practice at an intensity that no one else does." There's one quote. Quote from Kia Nurse, and we know this for a fact. Wildcat, we've seen it. Doc's seen it. Get yep. up close. Here's, here's a quote. We do things to get us tired, and when we get tired, we do things that require us to be mentally smart. Kia Nurse said, compared to practice, the game is much easier. Yep. Got to make practice hard. Got to make practice hard. Got to make practice hard. I live and die by that. Folks look at me all crazy and all, but if you don't, Game time is always your time. So UConn is, is... I think there's some other things that they do that they're not sharing. 
I mean, I think they share general practices. And I said, and the reason I say that is I think what gets some people in trouble is, like you said, they focus on one or two things. Mm -hmm. And they try to hone their skills on that. But I just fundamentally believe winning championships are about multiple things and doing multiple things right over and all. And people will share a lot of their recipes. Well, not all of them. But they're not yeah. all of them. And I think in some ways there's some things that they can't necessarily share to you. Because I'm not even sure if they really have put their finger on it themselves. Because there's so many things that they do. And it becomes a part of who they are in their DNA. Exactly. That for them to actually even pull it all apart and explain it to you, uh, I'm not sure they could really do. They have a championship mentality, a championship DNA, and that ties me into why I'm, I agree with Wildcat, why I do hang my hat on Baylor having a great chance to beat them, because Kim Mulkey has that championship mentality and that yeah, championship, DNA, championship DNA and that championship expectation that too many other coaches don't have. And obviously, it's obvious folks to say, well, you can't get that championship mentality DNA unless you win a championship. Well, part of that's true. But you don't believe it. But you don't believe that you deserve it. You don't believe that you deserve win championship. You don't believe that you put in time, work, and effort to, to do things to win a championship. The just wasting your time, the staff's time, the player's time, your alumni's time, everybody's time. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, and you had a program where, where you had a you had you in a situation at that point that basically the the, the uh, administration said, oh, "Okay, that's cool. No, ain't no biggie. We ain't got to worry about you know them over, uh, overwhelming and stepping out in front of the men's basketball and football and not become the dominant on campus. So it's okay with us because a lot of administrators feel like that now." No teams have won one championship, two. It's been, a, but the landscape has changed. Effort has changed. Situations of, uh, you know, coaches moving around on the women's side. Coaches didn't used to move around. Now they start to move. They don't stay home. You know, they move about as much as the men do. Like I said, it's gonna be interesting how everybody was all in, you know. Out there the other night, uh, congratulating, salutations and stuff. <laughs> but after the season's over with, you got to figure out where you are as an administration. Not so much that you care, but oh, this this might work. And I just <laughs> <laughs> you you just lost the the uh, men basketball coach after you finally got hired the right guy to come in. Now. You had a right female coach, you know, right behind. You hadn't had a drop off in women's basketball coaching, coaching wise, since before you had Chris McKinney. You've gone three coaches and things have worked out for you. You got to figure something out, and you got to go against the other thing too, Doc. As you always mentioned, you got to go against the norm. You can't just stay in the box and all and, and hope it all works out. You got to go against the norm and make a commitment. Uh, on, and this time financially because you've got a lot of facilities um, you got a practice facility that you can s separate you don't have to uh, be worried about practice time and you've got a, it's, it, an administration that says even if we get into these tournaments uh, these postseason tournaments that are going on now we have to f uh, almost self-fund to you know to host a game that you're in a position that you can do that 
that's what that's that's the one thing that I think when they mentioned that Rice was going to the WBI, I knew it was going to be a a, a money situation. I knew they were going to if pressed or if asked, they was going to host because it was easier for them to do that than to put the team on the road and just travel and hope wins that all come 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 your way. But the other night against Idaho, this also goes back to our first conversation. When you hosting the game, you made a commitment. Uh, whether because it's not always financially beneficial uh-huh. to you to host that, but when you make a commitment, as you talk about, when you have an opportunity to uh, allow your team to play and play towards their benefit, which ultimately can go towards getting into the NCAA tournament. When you have opportunities, you put your best foot forward, which means you make a financial commitment to playing in the tournament you play in home games. And I think that was more indication about that in terms of measuring uh, the basketball and playing that commitment. Is If we're going to be in this tournament, we're going to support that. Let's bring it home. Let's give our fans a reward to see our women. And ultimately tonight, uh, it could mean winning a national tournament championship. And those things, I don't care what level they are. I mean, obviously you want to do with the visibility. You want to seek that uh, at the highest level, which we measure as the NCAA in terms of brand. Mm-hmm. But my opinion is, is when you have a chance to play for national championships, whether it's regular season, conference, tournament, national, uh, those are special. You put those trophies in those trophy cases, they're significant because it means a lot of people have come together to get this done. And we know, uh, covering this, being a part of that, that those things do not come by accident, and they certainly aren't easy. Gentlemen. Yep. You come men's basketball has four championships. <coughs> Three of them are won without a basketball practice facility. UConn just announced, not just announced, but their practice facility for men's and women's basketball was opened in 2014. For both teams? For both. Men's women's basketball. So that means... I'm listening. That men's and women's basketball, UConn won championships... And had to share. Without... Had to share. Without... Let me say that again. Without... A basketball practice facility mm. had to share. That's that's, that's time consuming. So I think they did more with less. Certainly, that's time consuming. They have to share. So now that they have it, Kevin Allen won a national championship. Geno's won. He's all he does win the national championship. Yeah. So my point gets back to the beginning of the podcast. Would you rather do less or more, or more with less? More with less. Believe in that. Believe. And in who it. are you, sir? I am the Fifth Ward Wildcat. You can find me online at social media outlets, uh, Twitter, Twitter, and Facebook, Jerry L. Woodley Jr., J.L. Woodley 1. Uh, I'm Blogger, Blogspot, uh, and YouTube. You can find me at AKSVDCSR. The College Sports Report. Doc? Yes, I'm Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the sports professor. You can find me on the Twitter platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. 
handle again is Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. You can also find me every Tuesday uh, with Dr. Wills inside the HBC Sports Lab. If you can't catch it live on KKBQ 92.9 FM HD2, you can uh, catch it as a, pa- a sa- uh, podcast, I should say, on SoundCloud at Dr. Wills inside the HBC Sports Lab. The show is aired every Tuesday live from 6 to 7 at KKBQ 92.9 FM HD2. Uh, you can go to the internet site, KCOH TV, and you can actually uh, listen and watch us in the studio uh, as we're in the Looking Glass studio. All right, give me a prediction. Historic case waste. North Carolina, you, uh, Kentucky. Lead eight matchup, fellas side up, men's side. Who you got? I'm gonna go with North Carolina. I think yeah. they've been there before, and at this point, they can see uh, what they really uh, let go last year. And I think they're playing a different style of basketball. I still think Kentucky is a little young on the edges, so. It's going to be a fascinating basketball game. You have, obviously, a lot of talent as you measure in terms of players that you will see um, drafted in the upcoming draft this year and next year. Top ten picks, top five. Uh, some of them are looking at uh, maybe even fighting for that number one overall. I don't get answered. But I think at the end, I think I'm going to go with North Carolina. I'm going with Kentucky just because of what I saw at the guard play. Derek Fox. Hey, yeah. Javi Lewis, award winner. I said it one more time. De'Aaron Fox. Hey, Guy V. Lewis Award winner. Got a lot all together. They did against. He's got coming up on the 28th of March. Another one. What they got did against. The uh, marketing. Against uh, UCLA. I'm, I was impressed. I'll go with Kentucky as well because of De'Aaron Fox. All right, Florida, South Carolina. Who you got? On the men's side? You know what? I'm going to, to that. Another SEC team going to the Final Four. So you got Florida. I'm going to go with South, South Carolina. Carolina. I think South Carolina, their defense that they're Man. playing right now. And the ball in the hoop. The, the ball in the hoop, uh, I think they're really, yeah. they're playing on both sides of the ball. Obviously, they've split earlier this year. Uh, so this, is in a lot of ways, is the rubber match. I'm yeah. going to go with South Carolina. South Carolina, I think they, they are really getting done. And I think they'll be able to get it done on both sides of the court, which is going to edge out floor. It's doing a little more on the offensive side than the defensive side. But it will be close. I'm going to go with South Carolina for one reason. I like seeing Sundarius Stonewell get to the Final Four. Hmm. He's a well-rounded player, offense, defense. Should be a should be a solid uh, NBA player, go to the right team. Right. And it won't, help, won't hurt the fact that uh, South Carolina is in my office pool. That's my pick. It <laughs> wouldn't hurt me at all if they got the Final Four. If you know what I'm talking about on that. Yeah. Women's side. Okay. Baylor, Mississippi State. I'm going with Baylor. We got to because we got to beat UConn, so we got to. We got to Baylor. <laughs> I'm going with Baylor. It's, it's because now Alexis is back. And that's the reason I'm, I'm going with them now. That, that, that was a question I before, but yeah, it's, it's her coming off the bench. And, then, and her minutes are starting to increase now. Um, it's interesting. That that team looks totally different. Totally different. You caught Oregon tomorrow. I'm still going with the train. All right. Doc, you, you, you pick you caught a bus. I know. Yes, are you? No, you caught. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tomorrow night, also South Carolina, Florida State. You know what? I do believe Florida State could be another team that could beat UConn. Yeah. But I'm not sure they can beat South Carolina tomorrow. So, but I think they can beat South Carolina tomorrow. Okay, so that's your pick. That's what I'm picking. 
South Carolina. I'm not playing. I'm I'm going. I'm going. You going with Don Staley and her crew? Yeah, I think they're they're trying to push to the point where they can get to the level. I think they got to get over the edge. You talking about really believing sincerely, yeah. but I think she's building a piece of the puddle puzzle to mentally get to the place where they believe they can get it done. So I think Florida State has the talent, as you talked about, but I think they hadn't really been there before. Um, so I'm going with South Carolina. Get a chance to see uh, University. We haven't seen it done since, what, UConn, where you have it both on the men's and women's yeah. side, which yeah. means yeah. get to the final yeah, four. So I'm going to pick both ways, South Carolina. I'll go. I'm going to – Elena Coates is out for the tournament for South Carolina. I did say – Florida State could beat UConn if they got a chance. I'm going to pick South Carolina to do that. So, Notre Dame, I do believe last we saw is leading Stanford. Notre Dame is winning without Brianna Turner, who is out torn ACL. So, the guards are finally playing well. And other players are finally stepping up consistently in the tournament for Notre Dame. Because, honestly, when we saw them in town at the Campbell Center slash Rice, right. they did not look like one more team in the country. Honestly, they had spurts against Louisiana Lafayette, bit you know, but yeah. they did not look like a team that deserved number one ranking at that time. And if Lafayette was, 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 was overmatched, they were overmatched. But if, if they had been hitting their threes and all, like they like they they were been, uh, they were were in the uh, in that in conference, it'd have been a close game for a little while. But Notre Dame being who you know being capable. Of, Having that extreme depth with, with length, they'd have been able to just, just, just over so, take them up. So, if our predictions are right on the women's side, we'd have all four number one seeds in the in that. And that's not hard to do. That's not hard to do. So that, that happens probably more often in women's side than it does on, on the men's side. Certainly. Yeah. So that'd be UConn, Baylor, Notre Dame, and South Carolina. All right. I think we're going to try to uh, podcast. Let's aim for Saturday. Yeah. Because Friday is game day in the finals in Dallas. Yeah, we have something to talk about. And we got, yeah, exactly. We have something to talk about. So we can and look forward to the, we can discuss and preview. Yeah, because uh, ultimately we might be talking about whether we were right or wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So uh, let's just appreciate it. If what we're looking at, that's going to actually be the championship game. Yeah, and I, I hate, hate to take it away when you get to a championship game right. that that's the de facto. But uh, in terms of if you put it on paper, whoever's able to get it done there is likely going to be the champion. National All right, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. See y'all in a few days in Dallas. Yeah. Look forward to it. Travel yeah. safe. You know, have have your podcast shirts real yeah. with you. So we're gonna yeah, everything's clean. Ex- expose our... Yeah, I have one of them. Watch another one. The KG Fifth World Wildcat and Doc Podcast is going to show up and show out like we do represent in H-Town represent the people who helped us get to this point yeah. our mentors and we're going to do what we do check, catch our podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Pod Directory you can uh, view the link on the HoustonRoundBarReview.com website on the, the podcast page check us out there as well thank you very much for your time knowledge and insight going to wrap it up Oh, don't forget about the Godby Lewis Ward Banquet on March 28th yeah. on the U of H campus in yeah. the Athletics Alumni Center, 6.30 to 7.30. See y'all there. It is free and open to the public. So stop on by if you want to see some, of, in case you don't follow high school basketball that much, you can come by and check out 10 of the best in the area. To wrap it up, as I always do, 
In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.